This is The Storied Outdoors, a podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark, finding clarity in the stories we tell and the adventures that shape us. Welcome to The Storied Outdoors. My name is Brad Hill, and I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy and uh, co-host Brian Gill, and we are very excited today to host um, a, a friend of a friend um, in the fly fishing community and the in the community of uh, men's ministry um, and men and work with families, John Hegedorn. Um, since '97, John uh, John has worked professionally in the outdoor recreation industry. He has a degree in outdoor research and leadership from Western Washington University and has logged thousands of miles on rivers throughout the Northwest as both a whitewater and fishing guide and instructor. As much as those trips and activities themselves, John uh, enjoys building relationships and memories with others, especially families. John and his beautiful wife, Julie, currently live in Leavenworth, Washington with their two sons. He's the founder of Family Lunch, which I'm excited to hear more about. Husband to Julie, father to two sons. He's a level four raft instructor, fish whisperer, which I'm going to need some of that information, <laughs> and, uh, and a past the pigs pro, which I hope we talk about some more later. But thanks so much for joining us, John, man. Brad, I'm honored to be here. You too, Brian. And I, yeah, fish whisperer, that was written by a buddy of mine. So I, I don't claim, I think that's dangerous to claim any, yeah. anything, uh, guaranteed when you're, when you're fishing. So let, so let the record show that that's not a self-proclamation, <laughs> but a moniker given Correct. to you by a Let the actions speak for themselves. That's, <laughs> that's when the I, best when, way with fish. If it's like the way that I whisper to fish, they usually don't hear me. And so, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. You, there so is I, 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 I too am a fish whisperer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And different fish speak different languages. So right. They hear it, they yeah. whisper a little different. So. That's good. So John, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, man. And uh, I'm so excited about this topic that we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know, family is such a, an important part of my life. Um, Brad and I both uh, have strong families, and you know, grew up with families that uh, you know, father was very um, important to us. And um, so, this idea of, of of what your kind of focus is uh, and bringing the outdoors into this whole conversation. Can you tell us a little bit about family lines and, um, and what that is and and just uh, give us a rundown? Yeah, well, I'll back up a step and just give you guys a little background and uh, how and why I started it because that just paints that backdrop. But I, uh, in the early 2000s, I started uh, guiding with the wilderness youth ministry. So we would work with a couple thousand kids a year. And I was primarily focused on the river. We do backpacking and uh, some mountaineering and climbing stuff. And my realm was largely river. And so a lot of times alongside the river with a lot of kids and hearing a lot of stories, we would uh, focus good amounts of time on here and there. Um, what we called their defining moments. So if you're out there with a young man or a young woman, what, you know, for example, what are what are three of your most defining moments that have made you the young man or young woman you are? Oh, I love that. And uh, so many of those had to revolve around family and especially dad. And as you guys know, I mean, dad, as a dad, you don't do you don't do it perfect, right? I, I always mm. remind my boys and any of the dads I'm talking with, hey, first time through, 
never been here before. I, I have a <laughs> Julian, I have an 18 year old and a 14 year old. And uh, I'm not writing any books on how to parent teenagers right now. I'm just, <laughs> but Surviving. I've never raised an 18 year old or a 14 year old. Um, each son, even if you, we have two boys, even if you've been through those ages with one son, the next one's so unique, you know, so different. Right. But my dad didn't do it perfect, uh, but he was there and loved me unconditionally. And I just grew up knowing that there's nothing I was going to do that would ever change or not do that would ever change my dad's love for me. And that no matter how much I screwed up, I always had a place to come back to if that were the case. And I just see, I feel, and I know that role as a father is to represent our heavenly father's love to our kids. And so I'm, I'm listening to these kids share these stories and I'm thinking to myself, I, I love being out here, uh, but I'm not your dad. And we may have some really significant conversations here, but you still have to go home and live it out. And a lot of times that support structure uh, either isn't there or if even if it is intact, you're, you're not hearing and saying the same things. You're now trying to relay to your mom or dad, hey, this is a cool, impactful moment I had. And this is what we talked about, if you even bring that up at all. So all that to say, it, it just led me to think more and more about how do I, if we can have these same uh, settings, bring fathers especially, being a dad and a man, obviously I, I gravitated toward dads. It's not at all that we dismiss the necessity and the significance of mothers as well. But right, right. Um, a lot of times that relational disconnect, especially is, is with the dad. So if we can bring a dad and his son or his daughter, or grandson, granddaughter out and into God's creation where you're surrounded by him speaking through his beauty, everything that draws you guys and in, in your heart. And a lot of what the podcast centers around is just, <clears throat> you can't help but be captured and see the undeniable smallness of you and bigness of what's around you. And mm -hmm. so being out there with your creator, having time to talk about the things that matter in life um, that we miss in the daily and if you can have those same conversations with your dad. So what if your dad could hear those defining moments in your own words? What if you could hear his dad? What are the three as a part of my journey with my own dad, even though he was a fantastic dad, we didn't, I grew up through my teenage years, not really knowing dad, what was this like for you? Um, and sometimes I, I mean, I think a lot of teenage guys want to hear that. They just don't know how to ask it. Mm -hmm. or maybe don't even know that they want to ask it. That's right. Dad doesn't think they want to hear it or doesn't know how to share it. Um, mm -hmm. So one of my greatest privileges is being a, an awkward question asker on behalf of dad. You know, it's uh, we're not going to force conversation to go somewhere where they don't want to go in a negative way. But if I can open up an opportunity it could be as simple as, um, Dad, share one of the moments you felt most connected with your son. And why was that a favorite moment for you? And vice versa. Um, it could be, uh, is there, if you had to do over again in the treatment of your dad, what would that be and why? Which is a very powerful question, especially with sons in the 30s and 40s. Mm, yeah. um, is there anything we need to say we're sorry for? And you give them time to go off and do that or center conversation around things that are going to, 
uh, invite that healing, that next step of healing in their family and, and see that impact the family line. Um, and just give them space for that, give them permission for that, facilitate that, and then surround them with a group of dads that are commonly pressing into that. So, uh, you're invited in the company of men to, to really press into what matters most with our kids collectively and be reminded, okay, I'm not the only one that messed up like that or struggles with that or doesn't know how to do this. Or, um, so that's, that's a long answer to your short question, but that's a lot of the heart behind family lines and what, what got it started. What is it taking? A, it, what's the context in which this is taking place? Is this a, an, a retreat, a fishing trip, a camping adventure? A, what, what, are, what are we talking about when you're getting these men and son together? Yeah. Um, so it started like anything, you know, God puts something in your hand and you open it up to give it away. And what I had at that time was a raft and, and a love for fishing, some rod building stuff in my house. And I had through this wilderness ministry I worked for prior, uh, I had built a lot of rods with dads and kids, built, built their fly rods with them, taking them out fishing to catch that fish on the rod they built, tied flies oh, with cool. them. Um, we would go out on these river trips, but they'd want to learn fly fishing on the side. Cause we didn't really book fly fishing trips through the, the wilderness ministry I was guiding with. It was all rafting trips, whitewater trips, but you get some time on the beach. So I always saw fishing as a, it's not the only activity we know out there. Um, but it's such a great one for inviting one multi-generational interaction. So grandpa can often go with dad and, grandchild and it's not limited to age or ability. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. always ways you can get people down to the water, regardless of physical disability for the most, most part. And then, um, it's quiet enough to invite conversation, but you're also doing something. So you're not just staring awkwardly at each other, wondering what we're going to talk about. I mean, you can literally be shoulder to shoulder and that's what we what we really enjoy is that shoulder to shoulder interaction. You're standing in a boat casting together and you don't even have to look at each other if it's a little more comfortable that way, but you can still talk about uh, significant things, you know? Um, So we do a lot around fishing. That's our primary platform of connection. We offer rod building workshops, fly tying workshops. We do uh, single day trips and then multi-day trips. A lot of our single day trips are in Washington state here, uh, specifically North central Washington. We have a, a fly fishing Academy that we started a few years ago. That does a lot of intro fly fishing lessons and single day trips and things. But, um, a lot of the, the funding that comes through that Academy goes to support the overall ministry too. And a lot of that takes place in our expeditions. So we'll do a, uh, every year we do a seven day kayak trip in Southeast Oregon, and we do a five day steelhead fishing trip in Southeast Washington. We go to Alaska, um, Montana this year. And so we have different expeditions. We'll invite dads on, uh, with their kids, but the biggest, uh, reach comes through our documentary work. So we, it was probably, I don't know, around 2015, 16, we started, um, asking Aaron Bryant, my buddy, we, uh, we worked together and, and he came, uh, we started family lines 
Uh, I started it in 2010. Aaron came on in 2013. We've been working together ever since. A uh, really good friend, very talented filmmaker. And no doubt. That, that's the, I mean, that's part I'm most familiar with is, is a te- having taken some guys through the video series that you guys have on Right Now Media. Yeah. And man, those things are incredible. They, they look amazing. Yeah. Aaron and Jared Harrison. Jared's the other buddy that we all three are on core staff of family lines together and they do some amazing work in capturing and telling the story. Um, but Aaron and I started, we, we've guided a lot together over the years. He was also with the wilderness youth ministry. I was prior and we started asking, how do we take these same campfire moments, these campfire conversations that we're hearing that we're only getting with a select number of guys once a year. Um, and, and share that because every guy needs to hear what this man just shared or every dad needs to be reminded of what this man just shared. And so then we started documenting those. We started doing um, a trip a year where we invited a core group of guys specifically that were willing to share their story. And it usually revolves around a theme, this latest one that we uh, just released on right now media. You mentioned Brad is called cycle breakers. And uh, we were looking for guys that um, had a past cycle in their family that they wanted to break when it came to fatherhood and do it different for their kids moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one that will release this uh, upcoming year is a father-daughter focus as well. So we're trying to nice. look at um, the different ages, the different dynamics, the stories that need to be told similar to what you guys are doing with this podcast. And, and then we're, I think there's around coming up to around 400 facilitators that are all, all around the country, a couple other countries as well. Um, which the numbers to us, I mean, that's fun to see growth, but not just for growth's sake, right? It's, it's the number is exciting because it's, that's a lot of dads. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so there's dads out there. We'll never even meet that have grabbed onto this series and they're courageous enough to lead these other groups of fathers. And it's, uh, it's awesome because we're just so, it just motivates you to capture so many more stories and move them out. And so that Brian is one of the largest ways we involve people right now in family lines is just getting to hear those stories that, and it's the power of testimony. I mean, it really, I've walked through me and my boys walked through some significant loss in the past. And when, um, when things I, I had, uh, my, my late wife, Aaron passed away, um, a handful of years ago. And when that happened, uh, I didn't want to hear a sermon. I'd had enough of sermons uh, growing up in the church and sermons are great. No, but I didn't want to hear about God or another topic about God. I wanted to know, uh, are really, uh, how are you going to walk us through this season? Hmm. Uh, and I'm talking to my heavenly father and I want to know. And a lot of that for me came from those that were willing to share their testimony and I think of Revelation 12, when we're reminded that enemies cast down and defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And there's something about testimony. I've, you can't argue it like a teaching topic. It's, Hey, I'm, I'm here by the fire sharing with you. 
in one of the darkest seasons of my life that there is absolutely a heavenly father that is willing to take your hand and be that rescuer and restorer and healer and redeemer and everything. All these words that we read about really are true. And this is how he's done it for me. And this is why I know he wants to do that for you. And that's what I wanted to, I wanted to hear those that have walked the common, common road. And that's what we're trying to do as well with, with family lines. And a lot of what we're just giving time for is story kids to share their stories and fathers and grandfathers to share their stories. That's so good. What incredible, uh, reach that you're, you're, you're getting there. I mean, you're not just, you're not just affecting fathers. You're, you're making a generational impact whenever you're opening up these, these lines of communication between families and children and their fathers and, and their daughters and, being able to look across and see another father going through the same thing. You know, I think Mm -hmm. we as men, we want to know that we're not alone in this fight. You know, we want to know that our brothers are doing the same thing and we're going through the same thing, but we also can get through it together. Uh, That community is so powerful, man. And I just want to commend you guys for what you're doing. Unbelievable Mm work. Well, thanks Brian. And you guys, I mean, you guys know it's, yeah, it does take someone to step out and do it, but it's also all the work that the Lord does through, mm. through your hand as you open it up, you know, and you start something and you have no idea like, all right, Lord, I don't know. I'll, let's, let's go for it. Um, and then to see him take it places that you just, you couldn't have imagined. I mean, literally is, is pretty, uh, yeah. and, and maybe not, you know, maybe it, if that's not the way he decides to take it, I think it's equally as exciting to, if, if with family lines for me, all I had was time on the water with my boys, that's a great win too. You know, it's, uh, Amen to it's that. not like it's got to look a specific way. It's just, he, um, in whatever shape it takes, it's just, um, it's pretty amazing just to watch him work as our eyes are open to that and looking for where he's, where he's at and what he's doing. Yeah. I loved uh, I loved that earlier you when you were talking about the question you guys would ask uh, this defining moment what I love that question um, I love that John what and then you said something in, in some of our email exchange about finding yourself on the other side of the camera mm. in this conversation Can you unpack that a little bit for us what does that what do you mean by that yeah well I mentioned um, my late wife Erin passing away and. And then finding myself in a spot as a single dad raising two teenage boys. And, you know, you, I don't say this in an arrogant way at all. I think we all, we only, we always assume our life, I think, or often assume, or I'll, I'll use, I'll speak specifically for myself. I assumed, <laughs> um, Lord, we followed you into ministry. We, uh, we're raising our boys the best we know how, but to follow you, you know, and we're pressing into you. And then when she passed away, it all, everything you kind of were tracking a lot, I mean, family lines and it flips upside down. And, um, and now you're the other side of the camera, meaning in the past, I'd, I'd be the one to be in that, 
I mean, I had other parts of my past and journey that, that I would share that, um, but not such a dramatic shift as that to where I'd, I'd be hearing guys share those kinds of things. And I'd be like, man, I can't imagine, you know, what, uh, tell me more about what that's like, what, um, and now all of a sudden the camera's turned around and I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say right now. I don't, I don't, I don't have answers. I don't even know how to articulate what just happened. I'm still waiting for, for God to fill me in on that, the how and the why, but at some point, you turn you i had a, a counselor i was um talking with through that season of loss and just kind of trying to to get your mind or you know or or just your heart um aligned again and 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 he said you know at some point you just you have you you'll never answer the uh the wise Hows and whys can be, he called them hamster wheel questions. You'll turn them over and over. And we are not God. And and he didn't say that in a, a trite, uh, flippant kind of way, you know. Very uh, gentle counselor way. Yeah, exactly. And he had been there. He knew oh, wow. he had lost his wife seven years prior to us meeting. Mm. And he said, they're, they're hamster wheel questions. You, you just won't know. Um you just have to trust the sovereignty and the love of God. And you start asking, um, what now, mm-hmm. uh, what now Lord? Um, and so being able when it was about a month, a month after, uh, my late wife, Aaron passed away, I went on a seven day Alaska trip that we had scheduled. It's actually the trip where we, uh, filmed cycle breakers and put out on, on right now media here, that latest one you mentioned there, Brad, I, I didn't know at first, was I even going to go? But I thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know um, much about anything right now, other than uh, I know I don't want the enemy to steal what was a source of, joy and ministry and life and, and disconnect from, uh, just taking fathers out. Um, and I know I can row a boat and I know I can love other dads and kids and I can give that away right now. Yeah. And, uh, and there's something about just being out giving away when you're in a spot of need that keeps your heart alive. I feel like, um, that was a big part of what I needed to do. And so, um, did that, kept, kept at that. Um, and pretty soon God starts re rehabilitating you, you know, um, restoring, uh, speaking to you. Um, I love that passage in Romans where it reminds us that the spirit intercedes for us, where we can only groan, <laughs> um, cause that's some of it to just the grace of God becomes very real. Um, and fast forward to now and, uh, Julie and I, uh, my wife, Julie, I mean, I, I'm telling you guys, I, this is hard to share. And I think it's really hard to understand to guys that haven't been there. Um, but boy, there's, there's just no way and it's not even fair and it's not even realistic to compare, um, the years in the marriage I had with Aaron 
to the marriage I have with Julie and even who they, they both were, but I just love, I mean, uh, Julie is just amazing. And the way that God brought her into our lives, um, miraculous, you know, it's, I turned a corner from about a month before I met her a little more, um, to where I wasn't at, I, I wasn't feeling sad about the loss of my late wife, Erin, as much as I was thankful. I was just thankful for, for the years we had and the boys and the way God had rescued our heart and our, our marriage. And, um, and then there was a permission to dream and pray and know that the best years are still ahead. Um, that there is more life and laughter and love and, and, uh, and he also made clear to me not to seek it out in a way like, don't, don't try and find someone out of loneliness or neediness or anything like that, you know, to let him be that one that occupied that space. But, but I was praying that he would bring if, and when he would bring someone that I could get to know her heart first. Um, I wasn't interested in dating any of that, that whole game. I, you know, the focus was the boys and then he brings Julie and we meet through ski coaching, volunteering ski coaches here in the community. She had lived in this community for a year, small community. We had never met, knew some of the same friends, went to visit some of the same places. And she's just amazing. And, uh, it just blows me away that the God's, uh, yeah, really being able to do more than we can ask or imagine. I mean, it's incredible. And so that story now, you know, and it's real time, Brad, it's, um, it's just a different story on, on the other side of the camera now that I'm telling with my boys well and with Julie and, um, and all of God's goodness and amazingness and everything that's, um, over the top with, Julie, there's still the the struggles too, right? I mean, we're getting used to, she's never had kids. So, hey, crash course, teenage boys, here we go. <laughs> Surprise. Um, and so we're That's in a funny. pretty, you know, the house, she's like, man, I need uh where do I go for downtime anymore? You know, it's, what's that smell? <laughs> yeah, why does it stink so bad in this house? <laughs> but, uh, you know, what is cool about that, she can handle the smell. She, uh, the Lord, I just seeing God bring, you know, he holds our whole life and we see things linear, like there's this day, then the next day and the next day. And we plan that way. And then he looks at our life and he just sees what he sees for, um, I'm not saying he caused the loss of Aaron, but it didn't surprise him. Right. And he's not, um, he's sovereign in that he could have kept her here. And for the reasons he had, he said, I'm bringing her home. What he did see, I believe is, is Julie for myself and the boys in these years that we're living in now. Um, and she's just, she doesn't know it yet. I remind her of it all the time. She's just living into it. And I tell her, baby, you've got everything the Lord's given you exactly what the boys need. And these are the most defining years as young men for them. Absolutely. And to see her hang, not just hang in there and battle through the smell and the lack of uh, personal retreat space and all that in a loud, noisy house, but to know that she 
I mean, we had a conversation the other night where I was just sitting back watching her counsel our 18 year old son. He's asking for advice on some things and she's um, given her perspective. And I thought, man, what a gift. Like I, I don't have this to give him as, as a father and I've lived with him his whole life. Um, and seeing her offer that and seeing how that shaped him and influenced his steps. And I, I just know more of that is ahead and you walk hand in hand down this new through this new volume with with the lord not just i've got a, a friend and a mentor that says it's not just a new chapter it's a whole new volume and uh so yeah i julie and i talk about it all the time yeah the best days are still ahead and that, and that's not a dismissal of the past or a dishonoring of the past. It's yep. just that embracing of God's goodness and future and celebration of those we've loved that are with him and healed and whole as we all will be and, and walking into his healing and his restoration and what he invites us to now in the, yeah. in the in-between. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. You said that um, God brought you to a place of thankfulness um, before you met uh, Julie. And uh, I think I resonate with that. You know, not thankful for the grief that you're going through and or, <clears throat> excuse me, or the events that led to that grief. Um, definitely not thankful for um, bad things happening at that time, but thankful that God is still in control and and you can look back and be grateful for the, the things that maybe you couldn't see while you're in the middle of that grief. Mm. You know, Brad and I both have lost our fathers in the last uh, couple of years. And, um, mm. you know, just the terrible, terribleness of all that. But there gets to a point where you, you get a little bit more clarity and you're able to see, man, I'm very thankful that, you know, I had those last few years uh, in close proximity with my dad or I was able to eat lunch with him on the day that he died, you know, and it's just those little moments of gratefulness that you can't see when you're in the darkness of that grief, but you can on the other side of it. And, and that's a, that's a place of hope. Like, like you're saying, you know, the best is yet to come is not a dishonoring of the past, but it's a hope for the future that, that we yeah. as believers have. And, you know, I love that. I love, I love that where you guys are and where God has taken you as a family, um, can you talk a little bit about this this last um, this little phrase that that you wrote to us? It says, "Fight absence, choose mm. presence, and engage restoration." Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Because you made a comment earlier that I loved. You said your dad was not perfect, but he was there, and yeah. I, I can resonate with that. You know, my dad he was not perfect, but he he made some decisions in his life to be present in my life more mm. than present at his job, and um. You know, it was the quiet moments fishing on a pond week in and week out that mm. built our relationship. It wasn't these moments of just a proclamation of here's where here's all of this advice, son, you know, do this and that. But it was <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. Can you speak to those three things that you have there? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to because fight fight absence again. Um <clears throat> come back to that phrase, Brad, you asked about being on the other side of the camera. There was a season for myself where I felt like, man, I don't, everything I used to hang my hat on is conf, not arrogance, but confidence in fatherhood. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm engaged. I can have those intentional conversations with my boys. I know 
<clears throat> I feel like I know how to lead them. Right. Um, and I feel strong in my leadership of them. And then, and then I'm just completely disoriented. Like, I don't even know, um, where I'm going as a dad right now. So how am I supposed to lead the boys? And, and to be honest, there's still some of that. I feel like, well, I've, I've never been a, um, you know, with Julie and I, again, coming into this new volume, it's like, well, we've never been here before boys. I've, she's never been a mom, but we're there. Um, and so when I say fight absence, um, it could mean the, the dad that's never been in a child's life, um, that needs to, to make time to be with their kids, to take their kids on a out and do something or, um, have some kind of interaction with them that they've never done, stretch themselves to do that. It could be a father figure because a biological dad just isn't there. And it's a, it's a grandfather or a mentor dad that can step in and, and fill that spot of presence. Um, but it could be the dad that's there. He's just been emotionally absent. Um, or, you know, so there is the physical absence, but there's the, the emotional absence and to fight against that. So for, again, for myself, it's been, um, okay, John, yeah, you may still be asking these questions for yourself and here you're tasked with leading the boys. <laughs> um, but go there with them, like fight, fight the tendency to withdraw then until I figure it out, because that's something I feel like the enemy, uh, who is Jesus reminds us and John 10, 10, you, you have an enemy and he's out to kill, steal and destroy. And, and I offer you life to the full. And I think the enemy in, in isolation, he just does that mm. to any of us, but especially men, because we, to, to admit that we don't know is weak to some in, in our eyes, right? It can feel weak. Mm. Um, when the reality is none of us, <laughs> we're, none of us have it figured out. Yeah. So, um, I think it's actually the opposite. When you hear a dad offer that, that's strength because he's confident enough to say that. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I got it all together, but I'm going to tell you what I do know, or I'm going to be here with you in this moment and have the courage to be here with you in this moment. When we host kids and dads or father figures, when I say fathers, as we're talking about family lines, we're, I'm, I'm thinking father figures, anybody that's that could be the biological dad, could be the grandfather, could be the mentor dad, the stepdad. Whoever's there with that child, I always remind them out of anywhere else you guys could be, you're here together. So let that speak where maybe words, maybe you fumble on words, you're not sure how to have these conversations. That fact speaks volumes. You're here, you're fighting absence. You made, you moved everything around on your calendar to make this happen. Choosing presence is when you're in that moment, uh, be present with them. Cause I can be, I can be there with my kids, but maybe there's something they've been wanting to share or say or hear. And I'm not, it's not even on my radar cause I'm just there for the activity. Mm -hmm. um, and you gotta be careful there, right? I, I don't say that Brian is a dismissal of the value of shared activity, because I, I do believe that shared adventure, that shared experience builds relationship. Absolutely. But, but along within that, there's another layer, I believe that, that we can get to with our kids if we're 
really present in that moment and we're intentional with our conversation and our time and our pursuit of them. Doesn't mean we have to give a half hour. Yeah. I mean, the lecture can do the most damage sometimes. <laughs> um, unless it's invited, I think it can be really good once it's invited. Um, but maybe it's just me telling my kids what I love about them apart from performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my son right now, he's, he's a really good skier, um, Nordic skier. And he's got some races that he's doing around the Northwest and he's hoping to go to the Midwest for a competition in the spring. And so there's that balance of pushing him. I'm proud of you. Good job. What was your time after the race? But at the end of the day, I want him to know skiing is not the biggest thing. Mm. Um, and I love you because of who you are and the man that you are and the way that you are, uh, strong you're you care for your brother you love others you um you're a great leader you're just you're a great son you just make me so proud you know um did your dad tell and you i love those my things? dad what was that right did your dad tell you those things he did that's yeah. incredible what a gift yeah i mean that that's something that you know I, my dad didn't say those things uh just like that you know it I knew I knew he loved me because he told me he loved me. But, um, you know, those are the things that you're just saying right there are the things that I'm trying more and more to be intentional about with my children, because mm. I, di- I didn't actually hear it articulated as well as you just did. Um, mm. You know, one of the things that I think I fight as a father is feeling like my kids, they know it already or or, mm. or, or they don't they don't care about this story or they don't care. They don't, they don't want to hear this when in reality, some of the, some of the times whenever I've connected most is a meaningless story. I've told about a past experience and they want to hear it a thousand times because it's something that I'm sharing with them. They want me to share things with them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In a loving and, and gentle way and not necessarily all of it being like you were just saying lecture, but just communicating and, and not yeah. just being the stoic figure. Yeah, that's really good, Brian. And I know you guys with this podcast, I mean, you story, um, the stories we tell, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're, and even those, those quote lectures, you know, I think some of the most powerful times of teaching our kids come from when we're willing to share from our own story. And in fact, I'll, there's some exercises we'll do when we do some of our rod building workshops where we, um, we not only build the rod, but we leave some time for that, that relationship building conversation to come alongside the rod building conversation. And so one of the topics we take on is guidance and we, we, uh, ask the kids to share with their dads, what kind of guidance do they feel like they need from their dad in this season of life? What does that look like for them? What's helpful? What's not helpful. And, but then for the dads, share from your own story what was helpful for you when you were your kid's age. I mean, think back to, for, so for me, when I was 18, what did I want from my dad for guidance? What did I appreciate that he gave? What did I feel like I wanted? And sharing that with my 18-year-old to connect with where he's at, I think it just reminds our kids, even if they're too young to connect it yet, I think it conditions them for we're all God's children. <laughs> mm. And um, 
I remember holding my oldest son when he was first born and looking at him and thinking, man, Lord, this is, this is your child that you've entrusted me to raise, to know you, um, in an earthly, uh, way to, but to represent your love to him. But ultimately he's your child. And in that way, not in a weird way, but in that eternal perspective way, my 18 year old is a brother in Christ with me. And so I'm talking with a fellow man as well, not just my son. He'll always be my son. I'll always be his dad, but he's a fellow man and he deserves. Yeah. It's story to story connection. One, one man telling another. Um, and when I was in my years in, in youth ministry, I always felt like, boy, the, the most significant youth minister was the one usually in their sixties to eighties <laughs> is what I observed because they were willing to share a ton of stories with the kids. And they really wanted to know, uh, tell me more about your story or why, why you feel the way you do. And they really just got into those kids' lives. And I feel like, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, in the church, this, I gotta be careful here. I don't want to make a, I know this is a broad generalization, but I feel like we have unintentionally, um, edged out some of the age, the demographic that's in the prime of their life for youth ministry. And, um, that's when you're in your fifties, your sixties, your seventies, your eighties, man, by the time you're in your nineties, um, that's some of the most magical youth ministry you can do because kids <laughs> just, they love to hear the story, mm. uh, stories from your past. And, and especially when it comes to this is where God's been, or this is where I saw him show up when I didn't think he was there. I mean, those, those kinds of stories are just powerful. And from parent to child, they're just as significant. Yeah. John, I'd be interested to, oh, I got to mute it. John, I'd be really interested to, uh, I always like to ask this question when we get in these kinds of conversations. Why, why is it that around the fire are some of the best conversations? That's so true. I really want to unlock and understand, like, is there, what, in your opinion, why is that space such a good space for men to have conversation? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, you're right. It's <clears throat> universal. Um, I don't know what it is about a flame, <laughs> but <laughs> there is something about just watching a fire burn that just captures your attention. And I don't, I don't know all the psychology or whatever goes into that, but it's really cool <laughs> that and eating meat around the fire. I mean, that's like two magical things coming together. <laughs> uh, that's right. Um, but I know for what I've seen Brian be what I would call the, just the perfect ingredients for, for guys getting together and sharing is um, I think the thing about the fire is you're removed. Like there's, it's, it's dark around usually, right. If there's a fire, so there's, <clears throat> there's not as much to distract you. Um, you're all kind of brought around this common object. Like you're just, you're positioned to, to sit there and, and be together without those distractions. You're, you're, captured by God's creation, because I, I think there's something he's put, I don't know. I mean, I haven't studied this, I don't, but I just feel like, Lord, is there something 
Like I think about Jesus and the disciples and I feel like, well, you guys lived out and yeah. you lived in the unpredictable and you followed Jesus to all kinds of crazy places. And there had to be a ton of fire um, that you're sitting around. And I don't know what God's put in us that, that just seems to be captured by fire. Um, but his creation. And then there's that invitation to again, be intentional. Um, and I think when, when guys are challenged with that, not in a hokey way or a forced way. Um, and I know um, we're really careful to remind dads, Hey, we're all big kids here. So we're not going to, these conversations, it's, it's an invitation into conversation with your kids. And if we give you a question to talk about, it's, Hey, if the shoe fits, wear it. Uh, maybe it's a question that serves as a springboard to the question you really need to ask or the thing you need to be talking about that we didn't even bring up, but I've just seen more often than not. I honestly cannot think of a time when a father refused to engage eventually, you know, you'll, you'll get to the beginning of the trip. Like we talked about before the podcast where maybe someone stands there with crossed arms, which tells you, I don't know that I'm going here. I'm, I'm just going to kick back and observe, which is totally fine. All of us do it in different settings and it, at least you're there. Um, but boy, as soon as you start to hear another man remind you that you're not the only one, I think that's, that's so, so key. When you hear someone share a part of their story, it does that of, wow, okay. They, they feel this way too, or they've had this question for God too. They're not some this super Christian that I thought they were when I just saw them on Sunday morning and that's all I knew them at, you know? Um, and then the kids, the kids being told or reminded, we all have something to give and gain, uh, that there's a reason where Jesus reminds us, if you don't become like little children, you won't inherit the kingdom. You know, it's what, what is that, that, a an innocent child asks that a father needs to be challenged with by hearing, um, and gaining from as well. And so when those young men or women are invited in up into the company of, um, of adults that are there to care for them and love them too. I think that's, that's a, a recipe for engagement. I, I really believe that. And even if, even if most of what a particular man does is listen, it doesn't mean they're not being impacted or a, or a young man there or a young woman. Um, maybe that's just, what they're there to do, or they've never known the kind of love that someone's sharing about. And so they're just blown away by the fact that someone can even speak that way about their kids and that, and that ministers to them or gives them hope or a picture of God's love, but they don't know how to, they've never had that. So they don't know how to share that for themselves. You know, you never know what's going on around that fire. Yeah. That's good. Uh, you know, both Brian and I, one of the things that has brought us together has been fly fishing. And, and so that's something that we both, you know, really love. And obviously the, you know, the podcast is called the story to outdoors and you know, how our stories in the outdoors, you know, or can be powerful and teach us an awful lot. What, what is it in your opinion about when you guys do these videos and these experiences, they're not in some classroom but they're outside. Why is that setting so important? I think again, it's one is just being out where it's quiet and removed. It's not familiar. Hmm. Um, so even if you're guiding a trip, 
there's a little more familiarity than if you're coming as a participant, you know, for the first time, there's just something really cool about being somewhere you've never been mm-hmm. in that shared adventure. We're all going somewhere we've never been, but even as a, a guide, if you've been down a section of river, you've never been there with the people you're with. And so it's always new. So I think that that common share, that brotherhood, that camaraderie, that common shared adventure is a big part of it. Um, being surrounded by God's creation. And then, yeah, the unpredictability. I, I feel like when everything in life is scripted and timed out for you, it's, it's boring, right? I mean, it's, it's comfortable, but it's boring. And maybe you don't know it's boring until you've been pushed outside of that because all you've known is comfortable and prescripted. So I think when you, and that can be all of us, right? We like our routines. I mean, even even those of us that like adventure, you still like routine. I mean, there's something about rhythm and routine that's built into us as well, but we can slide into that and we can slide into that with our kids and <coughs> we can slide into that with our marriages, the, right. the roommate season. And, and we have mm. to, I think when we're forced to jog outside of that routine, that brings bonding as well. So when you're taking a group of, in this example, dads and, and kids out there, they're sharing that adventure for the first time together. They're in the company of others that are doing that too. Um, they're outside of their routine and there's that unpredictability. Oh, didn't, didn't see that coming. I, okay. It's pouring down rain. Let's get all our gear in our dry bags and hunker down for the next hour till it blows over or it's 15 degrees outside. My waiting boots won't even fit. I got to go to the river to thaw them out, you know, put them on and oops, I melted it by the fire. And I mean, all those kinds of things are, they build story and funny memories and adventure. And I didn't, didn't see that coming kinds of things. I mean, thing. that is, that is the, the DNA of what this podcast is about. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on here. And I wanted to brag on the video series too. I, you know, I shared this with you guys, just how genuine it is. And it's not, you, you earlier, you said something about like hokey, um, you know, it's not at all hokey to me. Like, it, you know, some Christian stuff can, can just be that. It can be hokey. It's not excellent, you know, sometimes. And, you know, I just don't want to watch it um, because it's not reality. But, man, when I the first time I watched those series, I was like, my goodness, this is real. This is raw, it's genuine, and it's beautiful. Kudos to the guys shooting the footage because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's unexpected. You guys experienced all kind of stuff on those trips. There was uh, one of my, it's in, I think it's in the promo, but I watched the whole series of the cycle breakers. And I think it's Aaron on a boat and they're coming around this corner. He's like, you know, he's saying, Hey bear, Hey bear. Yeah. And then he comes around the corner and there's a huge bear there's there. there. Oh, it's, wow. it's, man, it is, you know, there's genuine like surprise on his face. And, and so it's really, really good. To, mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. And it's very, it's an adventure to watch, but the content's incredible. And I think you're right. That setting um, softens and opens up that exterior to be able to share, to build an engaged mm-hmm. story. I think that uh, unexpected, unscripted um, time is is so beautiful and that it, it brings out conversation and something. Uh, you're right. I mean, I, I truly believe there's something mesmerizing about a fire, a campfire. And, you know, we jokingly call it caveman TV all the time. Yeah, that's right. And you stare Best at TV it. TV out there. 
and uh, and man, you just you get the guys begin to talk, and and I love that, and all of that is captured very well in this uh, those series, and I've really really enjoyed. Them. I can't recommend them enough. We'll have the link for them uh, in the show notes, and uh, man, I really hope people take advantage of the video series. But uh, also, man, maybe there's some guys that need to come out uh, on a trip with you guys. Oh man, we'd love to love to host people and just a couple of things, Brad. One, I, I mean, if there's anybody out there that, that would want to, they don't have to come on a trip if they're organizing one of their own, or they're wanting to just get a little bit of uh, feedback on maybe what they can talk about out there with their guys. And um, some of those series are good for that too, or we, we get a lot of phone calls. So I want to be careful here, uh, but absolutely an invitation to email or call, you know, we could share we're open book as far as that goes, because man, I, I mean, that's the whole goal is to, to encourage dads to fight absence and choose presence and, um, and then to see that restoration for their family line is another big part of our, our mission, because we, you know, when you do engage and you, you're intentional with your kids and you, you walk with them through all the seasons of life and you share the Lord's love with them, it will have an impact on future generations. And so you're my own dad, the conversations we've had have been some of the richest. Um, and I I'm in my forties, he's in his seventies and it's some of the best, the best conversation. Cause now I've, I've been a dad and I can look back on him and think, wow, it, it took that to, so everything I thought he missed, I'm realizing, oh, wait, no, he did it really well, actually. And I'm, uh, <laughs> um, the games that he was at, the thing, you know, he and mom both, um, the way they, they treated one another and um, related to each other in front of my sister and I and all that stuff, you just take on a whole new appreciation. But he told me, he said, I wish I would have had these kinds of conversations with my dad. So he never had that. His dad was World War II veteran, very loving man, but just didn't talk a lot about his life, understandably so. Saw a lot of death. Um, my cousin and I would always want to hear war stories from grandpa, and he'd always say, you know, it's a, it's a part of my life I'd rather not talk about and you really don't want to hear about. Mm. Um, so, so that, you know, he raised his dad with unconditional love. My grandfather met the Lord when he was in his 40s. Um, so God transforms his heart. He gives dad what he has to give in that season. And then dad gives me what he has to give. And then I give my boys what he, you know, what dad had passed on to me that I have to give. And I, there's this picture that Aaron Bryant and I, my, my buddy and coworker talk a lot about of standing on a picture of a, a child standing on a dad's shoulders so they can see farther, you know, and, and my hope is for my boys, yeah, that they see farther than I did. And for my grandkids who have yet to be born, if that's what the Lord does in their lives. And those are having, I mean, those are happening now. Those are being shaped now. And we don't even yeah. realize that, but they they really are. And um, and for you, Brad, I, I just want to thank you for being, one, just the endorsement of the series. I mean, it's Again, not to just endorse the series, but knowing this is coming from you, you you gave a little shout out to help us in our fundraiser here this last winter to be able to tell more and more stories and invite more dads out. One of the 
I will mention one of the big things we've done in our ministry, we have a, a pay what you can um, right. uh, price on our expeditions. So like a Alaska trip or a, a steelhead fishing trip in Southeast Washington and some of these things that are on our, our website. If, if price is ever an obstacle, we genuinely want to do and will do all we can to take care of that so that the only obstacle standing in a dad's way is the calendar. I mean, that's really what we, we want to make happen. And, but you being a facilitator with that mending line series, we, we've heard lots of good feedback from the series. We've also heard some feedback indicating people want more of a, a scripted out guide, like a Bible study guide, kind of a, and I, I really, and we do put scripture in that facilitator guide and we, um, we absolutely anchor it in God's, God's word and his yeah. truth. But we, as you mentioned, it's life is unscripted. It's not, <laughs> um, it's not packaged up and handed to us. And so when we try and talk to someone like it's that way, yeah, it doesn't connect. And with a lot of guys, especially, I feel like, um, we're seeing that in the, I think we're in a process of regaining men back into the church and having to reevaluate how are we really, I mean, ministry can be a title. How are we really ministering though, to those men out there, those fathers and those, those families. And what can be scary as a facilitator with that mending line series is there isn't, it's purposefully designed to be a catalyst to, to bring you into the lives of the men you're walking alongside of that you want to bring into that room with you. Right. But it's not so scripted that we're going to, cause we don't know, we don't know who those guys are that we're, that you're meeting with. We may never meet you. We have the privilege of doing that now, but just speaking in general of some of those facilitators out there, we want to invite them to engage each other's stories and do that with the kids and the, the stories we've documented out there, we want those to serve as a springboard to you getting into your own story with the guys in that room. And what does that healing look like that God has for you and your kids or the, the men you're walking with? And that's a, it's a lot more vulnerable to facilitate that kind of a conversation than one you can I've studied this. I know how to lead it. I know the answers and I'm going to deliver that to my group kind of a study. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that in you, Brad, and just a fellow, I mean, you, you understand it, you're captured by it and you go there with other men, which is really exciting. I mean, that's the, the big win right there. Well, John, um, man, I think we, we could probably talk all day. You're, you're our, you are our people as, uh, yeah. as Brad says, <laughs> and, uh, man, just, uh, love this conversation. One of the things we like to do at the end of every podcast is to, uh, ask what is your next adventure? So, uh, what's on the horizon for you at, or, or for mending lines or for family lines or for your family, your sons, your, uh, you and your wife, what is, an, what's the next adventure you, you are going on? Well, you just wrapped up a lot of adventures right there. <laughs> <laughs> All of those. Yeah. Um, for Mending Lines, we are filming a series this year in in Montana, and we're actually turning the camera around, and it's going to be Aaron and I with our teenage boys. Um, Aaron's got five kids, two of them are teenage boys. We haven't really documented teenage years yet um, in some of the 
what's it like to father through those teenage years? And we've never been little little snapshots here and there in, in the series we've done, but we've never been on that side of the camera. And we feel like, you know, there's value when you're asking other people to go there. <laughs> Hopefully you're leading from that spot where you're going there yourself. You know, you're and so we feel like it's a it's a time to be vulnerable for our own families and uh, fight that temptation to to either let that feeling creep in that here's here's us as the experts helping you or or reminding other people that these aren't these guys are not experts they're fellow dads you know they've they've got something cool that God's done with the resources he's put in their hand but that's all because of him and his fathering and how he's led us and we're learning along the way with everybody else out there never been here before in fatherhood let's go there together and so it's it's a chance to do that personally for Julie and I I mean it's it's a whole new adventure you know we're just continuing to lean into loving the boys and loving one another and um, we've got some exciting dreams that that God's given Julie and I together that we're really pumped about uh, chasing after and it's just she loves guiding. She's a really good fly fisher, by the way. So oh, we're uh, we're looking forward to hosting couples out there together uh, for on. little, you know, Sign marriage getaways and okay, little fly fishing. Okay, we'll fly come. fishing. What's that? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, we'll come. Yeah, come on out, Brian. <laughs> yeah, things like that. I mean, I uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this this upcoming year, and there's again, not void of challenges or question marks, but just really grateful for God's love and confident in his leading and just got to keep leaning into, into him. And it feels good to be, yeah, feels great to be talking with you guys and knowing that's right where you're living too and drawing encouragement and uh, championing one another on to, to keep pressing in. So that's what we're after. John, if people want to people want to support Family Lines and know more about your work, how, how do they do that? Uh, you can find us at familylines.org. Um, so that would take you to our website. And from there, you'll see the trips and the workshops, the, the documentaries, uh, how to get involved in those things. And then there's, there's a button to donate if you feel compelled to do that. And I know I don't have to tell you guys or probably any of the audience, but man, we, it's not just a phrase. We just, we couldn't do it. Couldn't do it without you guys. And it's uh, every time I'm out and I don't just say this every time I'm out in the field with a family, I have this picture of this huge team of people. They'll never even meet that have made this moment happen for them. And it's just, it's humbling and it's one of the greatest joys. And so, um, and if you're ever in North Central Washington or you're looking to come out, we also have a, a fly fishing academy that we started uh, two years ago. It's And it's it's still part of Family Lines Ministry, but it's got a separate website and it's uh, familyflyfishing.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, or familylinesflyfishing.com. And it's a fun time to just learn more about fly fishing we got a couple ponds stocked with some trout and they're big and kids love catching them and it's it's fun to host families out there too oh man yeah i saw um earlier this year or or late last year i guess it close to the end of the season 
you guys had people come out to catch a bunch of those. I think you're trying to maybe kind of re, you know, getting ready for a restock and going to clean some out. And I was yep. like, well, I wish I lived close. That would be a lot yeah. of fun to go over there, <laughs> rake in some fish. That'd be fun. What's funny about that, real quick, that with otters, there's four otters that'll come into the pond and kill all the trout every year, every winter. So we were tearing our hair out for a number of years thinking, how do we keep these otters out? And it dawned on us last year, well, let's let all the kids come and fish them out and take them home. So that's what that is, is come, come get the fish before the otters get them. <laughs> I love it. Hey, let's do a little, little bonus question uh, for, for our fly fishing guys that, li- that listen. Uh, John, what's one of your favorite uh, flies to tie? Oh, boy. Um, intruder style flies. So getting into swinging for steelhead. Oh, um, wow. something i've never get, done but hope to do yeah well again brad if you want to come out we'll uh well it's getting harder to find but there are still some spots out yeah. here we can get you on some open water but it's uh yeah swinging flies for steelhead i i feel like there's just no no greater joy there or just uh-huh. swinging flies period but yeah an intruder style fly is one that that i really enjoy tying just because it involves quite a few things i i find that the more you guide the more you buy because you just don't have time to tie as much <laughs> but those intruders are uh they're worth taking time for in my opinion they're just fun fun to tie that's awesome i just uh I, i'm just now learning how to tie flies and a buddy of mine uh, uh was helping me learn how to tie some saltwater patterns for down here on the gulf coast to go after redfish now that's something i've never done so come i will down, have to man. trade come on down yeah. we'll trade out That'd be awesome. Well, thank you, man. Again, thank you so much for taking time to, to join us and, and share this story. Um, we always say we hope these stories encourage people and challenge people. Um, I'm sure there's someone who needs to listen to this. I know there are some dads that listen to this that will be blessed by this conversation and encouraged mm-hmm. to have these conversations with their sons. And uh, I hope some people do tune in to the the, the Family Line series. Uh, and uh, There's a couple places to access that, but I think we'll have them go through you guys' website, familylines.org, and I'll have that on the show notes for people to be able to find that. But uh, well, one of the things that we love that people do, people do share this, and so we hope you share this uh, story. We're, we're blessed by just a few listeners, and they're faithful listeners, and, and uh, they'll share this story. And uh, if you want to help grow the podcast, you leave us a review. Uh, on iTunes or your podcasting platform and uh, we hope this uh, encourages you and challenges you to write your own stories and share your own adventures in the storied outdoors.